0: Hey, this is John Sally, and thanks for listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Hi, this is Katie Dalebout, author of the book, Let It Out, and you are listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Hello, my name is Don
1: José Ruiz, co-author of The FIFA Agreement, and you're listening to Humble Warrior Podcast. Hey, it's
2: Jason Robel, the author of Eternity and you are listening to The Humble Warrior Podcast.
0: Yo, this is Tommy, tommymackyoga.com. You are listening to The Humble Warrior Podcast. Handstands, everyone.
2: Hi, this is Bob Ross. I'm a teacher of transcendental meditation, and you're listening to a great show, The Humble Warrior Podcast. This is P.J. Fleck, rowing the boat at Western Michigan football. You're listening to The Humble Warrior Podcast.
0: Welcome to The Humble Warrior Podcast. Here are your hosts, Chris Forte and John Moises,
1: I'm John Moises. That is Chris Forte. Live brave. And this is the Humble Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Humble Warriors. Yeah, the post-election episode. We're in a new era. Yeah, well, maybe we'll talk about that, but we'll see. Yeah. But before we talk about that and introduce our special guest for the week, I'd like to thank everybody for subscribing to the Humble Warrior Podcast on iTunes, following us on twitter at the warrior pod and liking the humble warrior podcast on facebook, instagram and youtube. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. So we've got somebody that as uh, a guest today that goes back in time with you. Little history and I consider a, f- a friend, a friend and a brother. Great. So we've got Jonathan Ellerby on the line. And he's coming to us from Denver, Colorado, and serves as the executive director of the Althea Center for Engaged Spirituality. His consulting work shines in the areas of innovation, leadership, development, change management, and wellness. He draws from a Ph.D. in comparative religion and travels to meet and study with healers and teachers from more than 40 cultures around the world. He's been sought after as an executive coach, event keynote, and workshop facilitator by companies like PepsiCo, Kraft, Nissan, Honda, and the U.S. Navy. Been sought after by numerous media outlets, including the New York Times, the Yoga Journal, Larry King Live, the Martha Stewart Radio Show, and Better TV. Welcome to the Humble Warrior podcast, Jonathan.
0: Good grief. Thank (laughs) you for that introduction.
1: Hey, we like our our listeners to know exactly who they're going to listen to.
0: I think you might like me better than my mother. <laughs> Actually, that's not possible.
1: No. Well, Jonathan,
2: this this is Chris. Thanks for coming on board. You know, it inspired me to kind of reach out to you. Is I was I was looking through the notes of when we met and when I was working with you, and it, it, it almost spans to six years to the day. I'm looking at the notes that I had for my session with you, November eighteenth, two thousand ten, and huh. yeah and all the notes that we have here that we we had in our meeting and you know i had to uh now i'm so grateful looking back all the exercises that um i did attend with you while i was there uh, at canyon ranch working with you so and i have your book in front of me return the sacred i remember uh reading that on the plane ride home and here we are six years later and i want to you know we're excited to talk about a bunch of different things regarding spirituality but I know you can shed light from a spiritual perspective. You know, how can we, we do want to touch on the election. I mean, this happened just 24, not less than 24 hours ago. And from your take, what can we, what does this mean for us? And um, what's a, what's a good way, I guess, maybe from our listeners to understand, you know, this change, what this means for all of us.
0: Wow. You want to just dive right into that? Well, we can, we can, we can push it off till
2: later, but you no, know, it's just, do it. you know,
0: let's do it. Right. That, that's Chris. He likes to just get into <laughs> it. I like that. Well, you know, so it raises a lot of things and the way I, I, I guess I need to answer this is in layers. So the first is to say that um, regardless of, of whether people listening uh, wanted Trump to win or didn't want to trim, uh, want Trump to win, you know, the, the first spiritual responsibility we need to recognize is that there are a tremendous number of people. And I mean, millions of people that are, are, are feeling fear and pain and hurt today. And that might sound like an exaggeration to, to people who, who, who have the privilege not to experience that. But, but what, what's important to understand, again, regardless of your, your um, political leanings or who you voted for, is that during the process of the campaign, certain groups of people, including women, including survivors of abuse, including um, black people, including Mexican people, including Muslims, as well as others, were, were targeted, insulted, and threatened. And the reason why that's significant is because if we want to move forward in strength, again, regardless of our leaning, we can't pretend that that didn't happen, and we can't pretend that those people aren't suffering. Part of being a spiritual warrior, and I think this applies for men and women, but in particular, addressing that this, this sort of masculine male concept, is, is the identity of protector. And the identity of a defender, a true warrior, tends in most cultures not to be an aggressor, but someone who responds to aggression. Someone who cares for the people, someone whose heart is for the people. That is, in the old world, the definition of a warrior. And so so that's the first layer we have to look at, which is, you know, regardless of 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 um, our debates about what's next. There's a lot of, uh, I think, deep prayer and compassion that's necessary. Now, having said that, if I may go on, then we go to another layer. And the other layer is how do we make sense of a change that that appears for many people, um, not for everyone, but for many people to be a kind of a social regression. Now, again, if you're for Trump, you may not see that, but for those that um were not for Trump and and let's face it, there were people who voted for him who who simply voted for him because they were not for Hillary or other people. So there's a lot of people that 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 found themselves conflicted in this process and and so the idea that that because of what he came to represent that this is a step back in time, I think also needs to be examined spiritually in the sense that, If we truly believe that there is a spiritual reality, that there is God, that God is consciousness, that God is spirit, um, then we have to trust first that at some level, all these things are happening in a greater design. That no matter what we try to control and no matter what we want, whether our team wins or not, um, there's a lot more in this universe than what we understand there's a lot more in this moment than what we understand and no one truly no one knows what the next four years will bring something uh, i could say on a on a on a uh, sort of a, an interesting and positive note for trump because I, I i guess it might sound like i'm i'm not in favor but i'm you know this is what it is so I, i'm in favor of whatever exists mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think the interesting thing is that he represents disruption. He represents um, a, a certain kind of chaos. And for people on the spiritual path, that's always a sign to pay attention. That's always a sign that this is a time of learning. This is a time of deepening. This is a time to get clear. This is an incredible invitation for individuals And a nation to re-examine what its spirituality is, what its compassion is, what its passion is, and what it means to go together in strength. And so having said all that, I I have to rest in a place of trust, a place of acceptance, and a place that is uh, optimistic. That extraordinary things are yet to come. I think the final note that I could make um, for those that might be despairing is that regardless of what the next four years brings, it's not the end of the story. We are in a wave of evolution and revolution and the surges are bigger than ever all over the world from politics to society ecology and so it's unclear what opportunities will unfold over the four years but one thing we know for sure is that for thousands of years now in fact i'd say since time immemorial we have been moving steadily towards wholeness and that trajectory that energy that direction continues wow
1: Hey Jonathan, I I got kind of a personal question I'd like to ask as it relates to this topic. Yeah. You know, the election has brought up a lot because you know obviously the people have picked sides, so to say. And what it's done for me personally is it's brought up some differences that I've had with my father. He yeah. He was a he's a Trump supporter and supports a lot of the values that he was. Um, campaigning on and we had a lot of heated arguments about that as it relates and for me it just it was you know it's very impactful as somebody that supported kind of what hillary was trying to promote um now that the election's over you know he he's like oh we should heal and i'm still i'm a little i'm a little angry you came in a little angry today yeah and so I'm, I want to ask you, how, how could somebody, how can I deal with that? Because I'm sure there's lots of people that are feeling the same way where there's been a division maybe in their family or their friendships or, or coworkers or whatever. How do we come together and, and start to get to that better spot while well, now I know things about my father that maybe I didn't really realize at the time or it just brought it to, to my attention?
0: So in my opinion, to be a spiritual warrior is and this might sound bizarre is to cultivate and understand paradox or you might say a healthy spiritual dissonance and let me explain what that means and how it relates what i mean by a healthy spiritual dissonance is that there are many levels to what it means to be a human and awareness travels between those levels those levels coexist but they are not always in concert or compatible. So there is a part of you that needs to spend time feeding and growing the dimension of your aware uh, of yourself or of your understanding that accepts all that loves all and that trusts in spirit. And that's real. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, to pretend that there isn't another dimension of who you are, that's hurt, that's angry, that's sickened, that's frustrated, um, would be dangerous. It would be hurtful to you. It would be dishonest to others. And that also needs to be experienced and felt. And so the dissonance is that both need to exist together right now. That when you're feeling for lack of a word, tender or sad or angry. I mean, I w- I'll i be honest with you. I, I went to the gym this morning and I listened to nothing but the news. And I felt moments of inspiration and I felt moments of anger and I cried in the gym. And I let myself have that time because even though I trust what's unfolding and I believe that Ultimately, this human dimension is just a sliver of reality. I also have a lot of um, pain for for people I love um, and, and frankly, even for my own family uh, with new uncertainties and fears that, that are in front of us. So both can and need to coexist. And I would say that what's important in any healing path or process is that you give yourself time to feel in order to heal so that then you can go to those conversations in the meantime tell people hey in time yes let's let's connect about this I want to get beyond this I need it I need some time right now Uh, this is fresh for me or I'm still thinking about it whatever language is appropriate for the situation because to suck it up which is the old male model, and pretend that you're not hurt or not offended or not angry, um, sabotages the relationship and actually hurts the self. Wow, this but, is good stuff. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's kind of like I'm, a, a couple different ways we can go. Um, but, you know, since you mentioned a couple times, and I think my experience with you kind of helped me. Uh, six years ago with some of the exercises we were de- dealing with, like you mentioned masculinity and as one is doing the work of of, of growing and, and getting within themselves and you've played certain roles as a male in your life. Can you touch on a little bit of kind of like where uh, you know masculinity is masculinity is changing, Jonathan and, and and for men and maybe some I don't know, maybe some insight and you know for as a man how to deal with everything that's going on because like you mentioned you know there's a lot a lot of aggression and anger out there um but deep down you know if we if we really look within there there's some other stuff there
0: yeah so wow i mean this is a real loaded topic
2: for me and
0: and i i don't mind um making a little bit of a plug. So the center that I work at is called the Althea Center in Denver. And we have a YouTube page. And people can Google uh, Althea, A-L-T-H-E-A, and, you know, Jonathan Ellerby or some combination of those words. And and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I had a video about embracing the divine feminine. And it became very controversial, very heated on Facebook. Um, and I encourage people to watch it right through to the end and think about it. And and this is a way of addressing your question. Um, what we were talking about, uh, and this followed uh, Trump's, you know, the recordings of Donald Trump talking about, you know, grabbing women in their, you know, private parts and, you know, um, his ability as a celebrity to kiss or have sex with whoever he wanted and so on. And, and I never named it in the talk, but this was the pain that was up for a lot of people. And the essential message that I gave was that when women, physical women, biological women, human women are disrespected and mistreated even though the divine feminine and divine masculine exists in all people, there is a kind of implied disrespect of the divine feminine, that women, one way or another, at some level, are symbolic of the divine feminine, even though, again, we all have masculine and feminine qualities. And so in a culture where we tolerate and in some cases celebrate the degradation of women, violence against women, Um, control of women, um, the unwanted sexualization of women, and so on, then we are by definition diminishing our respect for or blocking our understanding of the divine feminine. Now, just to go on a little further, I mean, I could just talk nonstop on this for the next 30 minutes, so you may have to interrupt me, but I'll, I'll try to control myself. So to take this a little further, at the end of this message I was delivering on this video and this was in our spiritual center i felt this sudden inspiration this movement this deep deep feeling of compassion and i asked all the men in the room i mean we had about 90 people there to stand up and to join with me in offering um a prayer asking for forgiveness and to all the women in the room whether they had been victims of abuse or not where they were, whether they were aware of, of glass ceilings or not, whether they were conscious of imbalance or unfairness or violence against them or not. To women, the divine feminine, and this part of ourselves, we apologize for all that's been done, for all that's been said, for all that's been perpetrated and so on and at the time because this was live and in person and it wasn't a stunt it was from the heart the men were moved to tears because what they realized was that they had enjoyed a privilege in their life as men that they had never seen that they were used to walking into stores and not being objectified they were used to talking to sales and not being talked down to they were used to applying for jobs and not being doubted because of their physical body parts. And some men even recognized that they had consciously perpetrated things against women. Now, the women in the room also cried. And the women in the room weren't all victims and they weren't all survivors. And But what they recognized was that we are a part of a collective, men and women. And we are references, symbolically related to the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And the final point of it all was that the imbalance affects everyone. It affects men as much as it affects women. And people don't see that because they don't look beyond the body parts. They don't look beyond the genders. But in spirit, in truth, the oppression of women is the oppression of men. And the absence of the divine feminine or feminine qualities or the corruption of feminine qualities is the corruption of Masculine Energies qualities and consciousness. So I use that as a transition to say Yes, men have dominated it anyone who doubts that or says that's not true. I think it's it's absurd It's absurd to say that um, you know 100 years ago women couldn't vote a hundred years ago, I mean women didn't report rape or sexual harassment. Young women couldn't come forward with allegations of of uh, sexual impropriety. I mean it's it's absurd to suggest men haven't enjoyed privilege. But the point that I want to get to that answers your question is, we have suffered because of that, because a whole male and an evolved masculine energy, does not exploit. It does not thrive on aggression. It has the power to access strength and aggression when appropriate, but it doesn't function from that place, right? It's not defined right. by that place. And most significantly, it's not fed from that place. The most powerful man embraces both the masculine and the feminine and Mm. knows when to engage which and with control and with self understanding and, and not with blindness or a sense of entitlement. That is the behavior of a boy. Mm. That is the behavior of a diminished masculinity. So I think where we're evolving is to this new place of, celebrating the wholeness of both masculine and feminine qualities and their importance to work together in individuals and, of course, between groups being, for example, men and women. Um, So... So, I mean, I'm going to stop there because I could keep going, but I think, you know, that kind of gets to the heart of, of what I see unfolding. And interestingly, the election, what it's done is it's brought a lot of unconscious attitudes, behaviors, and assumptions into the conscious conversation. And one of the most significant things that will happen for men in their reclamation of a whole masculinity, a spiritual masculinity Um, a sustainable, fulfilling masculinity is the healing of the male shadow. And I have to say, Donald Trump is doing a tremendous job at assisting us in this process. We have the chance, at least speaking to men right now, to look at what's been brought up and to own it, to evaluate it, and when appropriate, apologize for it, and let it go. And when it's appropriate, appreciate it and integrate it, but not operate unconsciously as as a child would. So that's that for now
2: <laughs> <laughs> that 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 for now is good good stuff Jonathan, I was recently I was on your website, and I, I saw an interview. And this could help maybe with a lot of our, our lit listeners and ourselves of people that are exploring, you know, their spiritual path and, and diving within and, and just trying to, you know, continue to grow. And you were on, um, I forgot the news woman that had you on. It was regarding maybe your book, I think, Inspiration De- Deficit Disorder. But she brought up the movie Eat, Pray, Love. And for anybody who hasn't read that book or seen that movie, that that's about a woman who, um, uh, basically travels the world and, you know, does some writing and eating and, you know, and this exploration of finding herself. But I love what you talked about because, you know, for a lot of us that, that, that the reality of doing that, whether they're having spouse or kids or their current job, can't just go off and, you know, travel the world and, you kind of brought uh, brought it back into simplistic terms as far as how one could kind of do their path in the you know the everyday busy life, and you don't need, and it was more of the communication you were putting out there that one doesn't need to go away to do the work. You can do the work in everyday life, and to maybe just shed some light on that and maybe help our listeners, um, you know, that are going down that path, that you know, you know, are grasping to this, want to do this, but maybe just Like, how do I get started?
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's funny. I got to tell you something funny about that question you know uh, so i had a book come out right when that movie came out and so i was talking a lot about it people were connecting the book with the film which was which was great for promotion right. and and made interesting conversations but i had i had mixed feelings about it and, and let me tell you what it is so i'm going to i'm going to respond and affirm what you're saying but i'm also going to throw a curveball
1: okay then.
0: so to start with the curveball what i want to say is whether you pursue your spiritual path at home We're on a great journey around the world. What it requires, what they require in common is a willingness to challenge what you know. A quality of dedication to pursue something more that you may not understand yet. And endure discomfort and challenges in the process. And ultimately both doing it at home and away are about being influenced by other ways of seeing the world, right? Other ways of being and opening your heart in the process so that you might experience directly a sense of spirit or deeper connection or some kind of intuitive insight that leads you on. So in that way, they're, 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 they're the same. It's the same. You can do deeper work right now at home around relationships or the election or your health than you can, you know, getting on a a plane to India. However, here's the curveball. That's hard for a lot of people to do it at home because we're such creatures of habit. In our culture today, most people have been groomed to seek comfort. Uh, Again, not divine masculine quality not a conscious masculine quality um we have uh we have been trained to be satisfied with tiny conquests and insignificant quests you know uh i'm gonna find the best cell phone at best buy you know uh my team is gonna win like those are substitute masculine spiritual energies and conquests that don't really advance anyone when we go the extra mile when we take on a challenge when we travel to the other side of the world what it does do is it 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 shakes us up and it presents the lessons in a way that's harder to miss so so what i'm saying is if you can challenge yourself whether it's training for an ironman or whether it's just losing 10 pounds, or whether it's going to India to do a 10-day silent retreat, or you know, or, or to your church and 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 you know, becoming a, 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 a spiritual visitor for people in the hospital, if you can take on a real quest or challenge, you are probably gonna find it more invigorating and harder to escape right it's just the nature of a commitment once you sign up for a program or make a commitment to a project or get on a plane it's just harder to turn back so so that's my endorsement of the great quest and that's really a masculine energy but if you're conscious and intentional that great great quest can be anywhere it can be being authentic at work it can be on it can be about being honest with your boss it can be about setting boundaries and limits between work and home or with friends. Um, or as I gave examples earlier, it could be making quests and commitments that you can do in the life that you've got. And that could be volunteering. That could be working with your health. That could be healing a relationship. Those are also epic quests. Um, and so and so you can see you know there's a spectrum of options the question each person needs to ask especially if they're getting started is is what is accessible to me some people might want to do that quest to tibet or jerusalem but they can't afford it so okay so then what is a what is a metaphorical or symbolic quest you can do in your city maybe you're going to a monastery for a weekend Maybe you're going to spend some more time at your church or your yoga studio or your local sweat lodge or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's got to make sense. In other words, one of the things that's most significant is that if you're going to embrace this spiritual journey and if you're going to accept challenge and discomfort and, and, and the, the, the possibility of seeing the world differently, the doorway you go through has to be your doorway. Because if you if you do what your parents did or you do what your neighbor does or you do what I tell you, um, if you can't see and feel yourself in it, it's, it's just not going to work. It's not going to last because there's going to be no sense of involvement, investment, or accountability. So think about what is your quest, what is your opportunity for connection, for challenge, for peace. And then once you get into it, then you face a different kind of challenge, which is not the challenge of getting into it. It's the challenge of staying in it. And that, again, activates that masculine quality of endurance and strength and engaging the great self and releasing the little self.
2: Wow. It sounds, you know... It's kind of aligned on when some of our, you know, teachings that we're teaching here, our philosophy is some just daily practices. We we, uh, we've uh, termed a spiritual fitness, you know, just, um, you know, some daily practices one can do as that commitment. But, you know, it entail that, you know, one needs to keep challenging themselves and doing, you know, these type of things that you've described but to have put something in place where someone could be doing something daily if it's daily prayer daily meditation daily yoga reading writing what have you but i think to your point it's to it's it's to it's to do something and to challenge yourself where it's not something you've done in the past whatever it may I... be whatever it may be
0: Yes. You know, it's interesting because this gets to this idea of the feminine, and the masculine. So so my my sense is that a balanced spiritual path has both a masculine and a feminine quality. Mm-hmm. So the masculine qualities that need to be satisfied in every human are uh, involve, for example, this idea of the epic quest or or challenge. Uh, and that's, you know evidenced in all history and all scripture and all you know spiritual writings uh joseph campbell of course being the greatest author who wrote about this it's the hero's quest Mm -hmm. and i do think that that most people thrive and learn and grow um when they have some kind of a quest that drives them forward right Mm -hmm. so it's it's forward oriented it's active on the other hand The feminine quality is the quality that's more accepting and nurturing Mm -hmm. and internal and quiet. So it's not conquering anything. It's not seeing anything as wrong. You know, the metaphor might be as the mother who accepts that child uh, of theirs every day, whether they're behaving well or behaving badly, at the end of the day, they hold them close and say everything's going to be okay. And in that respect, what that looks like for a man or a woman or any, anyone of any gender um, is to have quiet time, solitude, reflection, not conquering something, not doing something, not making something, just cultivating regular time of being okay with the world the way it is, of being in the consciousness of acceptance and love and and um, extending an energy of, of nourishment to all and that might be just what happens when you wake up in the morning or before you go to bed it can happen you know um, in a tai chi class or a yoga class or a meditation at church or you know it doesn't even have to be in a religious setting it could it could be a walk time in nature mm-hmm. and 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 kind of an interesting final example particularly for men, if you're going to set a goal like this weekend, I'm, you know, I'm traveling to the nearby state where there's mountains and I'm, I'm going to climb a 14,000 foot peak and it's going to be hard. It's going to challenge me and I'm going to do it alone and I'm going to have fear, but I, I'm going to reflect on my life and how this is like my challenges. Yeah, do it, you know, find that energy in yourself, find that confidence, face those inner demons. But, When you get to that summit, don't take a selfie and head back down. Stop and take an hour, two hours, three hours and just sit there and watch the sun move through the sky. Watch the ravens, you know, floating on the wind. See the way life changes when you stop moving. You know, how is the foliage different there how is the animal life different there what is the oxygen like there you know be in a passive receptive state as well so you get the full balanced experience
1: i like this example you gave just now because i think what happens is i know for me is that when when you're taking when you're doing the hero's quest and you're in that process and you do get to the top of that mountain at, you're kind of in that mode, and you kind of said, "All right, I'm checking it off now. I've done it," and you don't take right. the time to to engage. I guess what you're saying is the feminine qualities of experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's about internalizing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the key words, you know, uh, are, are are words like uh, being receptive, being reflective, being passive. And the interesting thing about that, that's important to qualify is that men, and this is part of what I was referring to earlier, need to understand that the masculine misunderstanding and exploitation of those feminine qualities of passiveness, receptivity, you know, and so on is really a distortion because the truth is to sit quietly for an hour, for three hours, to accept life as it is, to not feel that you always have to do something, conquer something, or check something off your list, is actually much harder for most people than being in the masculine energy of doing, doing, doing. You know, I mean, that was one of the part of me for jumping um, topics a little bit, but but to draw in the social conversation. One of the things that shocked me the most when the um, political conversation started to move around uh, Trump's treatment of women, one of the things that shocked me the most was the women that defended him. And when my video was on the internet, you would be shocked how many women wrote to me and said how dare you ask women said, how dare you ask men to apologize for women when some of those men may have done nothing wrong. Women wrote to me and said things like women need to stop complaining about things like rape and inequality in the workplace and get on with it. Mm-hmm. Women wrote that to me and that. Is a complete ingestion of a distorted masculine worldview. That taking time to heal, that taking time to embrace, that accepting that we have a collective experience um, is a part of our life, all those things pff, meaningless. If you're not building, conquering, it's a bunch of garbage. But we know that's not true. We know. That building, doing, conquering is frankly not only meaningless but dangerous if it's not um, complemented by the feminine qualities of reflection, dialogue, um, evaluating communal needs and experiences, and being willing to receive feedback and input. I think the greatest leaders of any kind eventually evolve to understand that balance.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, one thing you mentioned, Jonathan, that we've mentioned uh, in on on past shows that um, I think is important um, as on this quest is by you traveling to that, you know, that mountain and climbing that peak, you're doing it by yourself. Um, And I think sometimes for men, you know, to go off and do a retreat or go to a monastery or go, um, you know, climb a mountain by themselves. you know, including myself, you know, that could be quite a challenge. You know, you want to maybe even do it with somebody, but you know, by going and and taking this challenge and experience this growth by doing it with yourself, you truly have the opportunity to go deeper dive
0: and really understand oneself. Well, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting comment. Um, And what I would say is I think both approaches are valid and probably both are important over time meaning climbing the mountain alone and climbing it with a group mm-hmm. so i i do think that men and in this case i mean biological men not the masculine i do think that men biologically are driven to more independent behaviors I th- I, it's my my you know, as a therapist and as someone who's, you know, studied human consciousness and the brain and other things like that. I mean, not an expert on all of them, but certainly know enough. Um, so I'd say my experience tells me that probably more often than not, men will be attracted to um, solitary quests than than women. It doesn't mean that some women won't be attracted to solitary quests. Of course they will. And it doesn't mean that some men won't be attracted to the communal quest having said that um i think if what we seek is a whole evolution as an individual it would be worth considering both because one of the fun things for men and i have to say i mean i'm guilty of this i can do tremendous epic spiritual work alone because I don't have to deal with people when I do it alone, right? Right. right. I mean, I can climb right. a mountain alone, I can I can paddleboard <laughs> across the ocean to China alone. I mean, I'll take on any challenge alone. Oh, but man, if I have to deal with someone else being too fast or too slow or talking too much or, you know, not <laughs> right. thinking the way I think, I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm ready to kill them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so then the question becomes Isn't that also valuable? Right. And isn't that maybe where I need to grow more? So, so, you know, to your point, I would say absolutely for particularly, again, for men or women with a strong masculine drive, if you feel the appeal of that solitary quest, do it. And if you continue your spiritual journey, then challenge yourself to take on the quest with others and not as the guide and leader. Right. Mm. So the temptation for a man, not the masculine, but for a man, uh, physiologically speaking, would be, wow, I did this 10,000 foot climb. I can't believe I challenged myself. It was so inspiring. Yeah, I need to connect with other people and I'm going to try it with them. I'm going to organize a group and I'm going to guide them and show them where I went and how I did it and how we can get to the top. And I will tell them how inspiring it is. And suddenly, we've just lost all the wisdom of the experience, right? Because we've gone from finding our gifts and connecting with something greater to trying to control and drive others. And I think that the, the at least the spiritual opportunity would actually be to take maybe even the same trail and see what it's like to let someone else lead it, see what it's like to be at the back of the line mm-hmm. or to just be part of the group and not an expert, not always right, not always the loudest voice or, or the strongest walker. That takes a kind of cultivated feminine awareness in a man that I think is incredibly powerful and healing
2: educational you know Jonathan we've had I think we, we we've had many guests but I don't know John correct me if I'm wrong I think we, Jonathan's our first guest that I that is that by trait is a spiritual teacher like does this and and lives it and and um and also religion and if we have time, we always like to wrap up with all our guests, and I'm very gonna be intrigued by your answers. We asked this one it's, it's a one it's a two it's one question with two parts is what is spir- what does spirituality mean and what does spirituality mean to you?
0: Well, well there are so many answers right. to that question, aren't they? So so let me give you some of my my textbook answers and they'll give you my own answer, right? So I think the two simplest definitions that I've used a lot in my life, um, one would be um, spirituality is simply um, the personal exploration of our relationship to spirit, period. Okay. And then you interpret that your own way. Spirit could be God, spirit could be. Culture spirit could be nature spirit could be whatever, but, but it, you, it, it implies that there is such a thing as spirit, but I've worked a lot in settings where that's actually too advanced a definition too um, too many implications, too many, too many assumptions, you know, working in hospitals, working in resorts and working in corporate settings. So, I'd say the more common definition that I've used is that your spirituality is your ongoing um, exploration of the questions what matters most, who am I really, and what relationships are important. Hmm. So, your spirituality is defined by what matters most, who am I really. And what relationships are most important? And I think that if anyone put those three questions at the center of their life and ask them or ask themselves those questions every day or on retreat or while in meditation or, you know, while in a reflective process or contemplative time, I, th- I believe, I experience um, that those questions will perpetually lead them deeper and deeper and deeper. So who am I goes from I'm a man to I'm a father to I'm a program director to I'm a citizen of United States to I'm a whatever it is, Christian, Jewish, Muslim. And then it starts to expand outward. I'm a human being. I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a citizen of the world. I'm a living creature in a dynamic universe. I am the universe. I am an expression of the source that created me. I am the source that created me. You know, this is all in there. You don't have to tell people that, they just have to keep asking the questions. And the same goes with what's important and what relationships matter. If you ask what relationships matter, people start off with my my whatever, my husband, my wife, my kids, my boss, my shareholders. But then it starts to go outward, right? My neighbors, my consumers, my city, my state, my country, my world, all living beings, the universe, God, mystery, you know so so i think to define spiritually as our relationship to the core questions of life what matters most who am i really and what relationships are truly important i think that will take anyone where they need to go mm. as the final note though for me personally my spiritual journey is about integrating my experience and conscious awareness of the absolute meaning our absolute reality source god spirit it's all the same to me it's about the journey of integrating that awareness and experience into my everyday life so that it is a part of my ethics it's a part of my decision making it's it's always with me and and as present and close at hand as my cell phone, or my awareness of what time it is or where I have to be next,
2: Jonathan, you know it was, thank you so much. You know, I'm personally so grateful you know to reconnect with you, you know uh, after close to six years. And the work you've done is 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 very inspiring, continues to inspire. And for all our listeners that want to learn more about you, where, where could someone reach out and find out more about you and the work that you're doing?
0: Yeah, I guess the easiest thing, as for most people, is just to go to my website. So it's jonathanellerby.com, and you could probably just Google Jonathan Ellerby and not even spell it right. And you'll find me, um, Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, Ellerby, E-L-L-E-R-B-Y, Ellerby. Um, and then on my website, you'll find links to my videos and my Facebook page, and you can send me a question. Um, I'm actually always happy to hear from people and happy to answer questions or, you know, give references or or readings or things like that. So, so I think that would be the place to start. Or if you're in Colorado for Pete's sake, come down to the Althea center in Denver and I'm speaking almost every Sunday. Um, unless I'm traveling, but uh, we would love to see you and it's a it's a place that's really open to everyone regardless of their background or belief or culture and um, you know come as you are and uh, and it, when no one expects you to change or you know drink the kool-aid you can um, bring the best of who you are <laughs> pursue your spiritual path and and we'll support each other as friends.
1: I like it. My wife is from Denver, so when we get back there, I'm going to have to make a stop in for sure. Cool. Well, Jonathan, thanks so much for being on the show. I know for me personally, it was, this this was the perfect show to have after the election. I feel a lot better now just having this conversation with you and, and having you share all your thoughts and, and your perspective and insight. So thank you so much for being on the show.
0: I'm grateful, grateful that you asked. And, um, I can have nothing but faith that this is all going to work out and that that also does not alleviate any of us from doing our own work or advocating for a world that we feel is um, beautiful, peaceful, fair, and just.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I want to thank everybody for subscribing to the Humble Warrior Podcast on iTunes, following us on Twitter at The Warrior Pod, and liking the Humble Warrior Podcast on Facebook, instagram and youtube and until next week live brave
2: join us next week for the next episode
0: of the humble warrior podcast subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on itunes or visit humblewarriorpodcast.com to listen to our past episodes